0: You're listening to The Sensuality Project Podcast, where the messiness of real life gets sexy, hosted by Stacy Herrera. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Episodes contain profane language and topics of a sexual nature that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to another episode of The Sensuality Project Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Herrera. And this week, I am so excited because my guest this week is Isabel Rizzo, and I have known Isabel for a long time in internet years. <laughs> I think that she's so amazing. Let me just say that she has been so pivotal in my growth and expansion in personally and in business. And from the very first time that I met her, which was on a video call, I just immediately could feel that she was a good egg. Like her soul resonated so deeply with me and I was so impressed by her and her mindset. And yeah, she she just really made a really great impression on me immediately and We've been friends ever since. I love the way she shows up. She is a singularity storyteller, and she runs a beautiful um, circle, which I'm a part of. And when I say beautiful, like the sisterhood and the support is amazing. Like all the women are just fantastic. But, you know, it just stands, it just it just speaks to the way that in, in business or in friendship or in you know, any kind of group or sisterhood, like the person that forms, that is, that shapes the group The energy of the participants often reflect that of the person who is leading. You know, it's kind of like in in at work, the department often functions as well and as positively as the supervisor or their manager. Um, It's the same thing in homes. Like you know, the mom and the dad and the energy that they bring have a big play a big part in how the children show up and the way that things function and flow in the house. So, anyways. Isabel is a great space holder in that regard. She creates beautiful space. She weaves beautiful stories. She shows up so raw and so real. And it doesn't matter if she is doing a video or if she is being a digital nomad, which is part of her story, or if she is creating art, like in terms of like painting and canvas and texture. It doesn't matter if she's putting together an outfit because she's very stylish. She just... Everything is so seamless with her. That's one of my favorite things about her. I admire that quality so much. And we had such a great time chatting. It was just super fun. We laughed a lot and we talked about a lot of things. We covered a lot of ground from everything from non-monogamy and polyamory. And we also talked about foreign lovers and, you know, business and being well-traveled. Just, yeah, She is amazing. You're going to love this conversation. And I also want to encourage you to leave a review. You know, if you are loving this podcast, make sure to review it up on your favorite um, platform. That would be really helpful. And share this episode with your girls because this is all about grown women having grown conversations. And there is something for everyone in every episode. So give it a listen. Let's start with uh, foreplay. So what does it feel like to be with the energy of your turn on? Like when your body is turned on, what does it feel like to be with that?
1: Ooh, it's so funny because I always mention this. I always say
0: I've just turned into a puddle of goo. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yep. Look, I, now I'm picturing goo. Like, you know, it's interesting that you, when you said that my visual though, was like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Scooby-Doo. Like,
0: I can, I can, see this. I can see this. Yeah. Well, you know, they always would have like some kind of protoplasm or something happening uh, if they were dealing with a ghost or something.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly it. Cause it's not like, it's not like water and anything. It's just like, it's this slow, like melting.
0: Yes exquisite goo <laughs> oh, delicious <laughs> delicious okay so what's the fastest way to get you lubricated and, like if, if, if you if someone if someone was like not doing what like your body wasn't turning on they weren't like what instruction would you give
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is good like I feel like I'm giving the world permission <laughs> get me very happy uh, <laughs> um you know it's it's when I think about it it's very um very light touch mm-hmm. and especially my neck is so sensitive anything with the neck even just a light just grazing or mm-hmm. touch, anything like that I don't know what it is that's the button that then like my head goes off to the side, and then body rests, turns.
0: To yes.
1: So plasmic goo.
0: Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think a a neck, the neck is a really common erogenous zone, and I think that it's not something that people readily identify. Especially someone when they are trying to turn you on, sometimes they think that they go right for the hot buttons, tits and clit, right? Hmm. But it isn't that most of the time. For most people, it's not that. It's usually it's, something else.
1: It's like I think also because it's such a vulnerable mm-hmm. um, part of the body. Like it, it holds up your head. It, it the skin is also very loose and not mm-hmm. very thin. Something very delicate about that, and I like that subtle
0: delicate well and and the only and and the only bones that run in the neck are the spinal cord, which the nerves are so it's almost like the nerves are so close they don't have far to go in terms of sensation you know what i mean
2: yep yeah yeah yeah
0: definitely Mm. okay so now i'm going to give you three clues and you tell me what the object is okay okay nerves can drive you up me I can have several cracks, and it takes several studs to make me.
1: Wow! Let me say the clues
0: one more time. Nerves can drive you up me. I can have several cracks, and it takes several studs to make me.
1: (laughs) There's some really good play on words going on. Oh man!
0: Yeah, this. um, I I can't take credit for this though. I got this from someplace. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not that sharp.
1: <laughs> this is really good. I, I immediately was then thinking of a, a. My immediate thought was of a body part, and then I was just like, "No, wait, this is something bigger." And then mm-hmm. I was like, "Like a, a human," and then I was thinking of a heart. Um, it, you know, it can crack, um, but studs don't make my heart. So no, a
0: wall. Wall. You know, like you have oh, to put no. studs in the wall. You know, I've only only one person that I've talked to so far. Like, got it, got one, not because I'm always give a different one, but she got it right away. And I was like, oh my fucking God, that never happens. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> those are fun. So I'd love to talk because when I think of like creative energy, like sexual energy embodied in creativity, you are one of the first people that I think about.
2: Thank
0: you. So, so I'd love to know about like, I'd love, I'd love to know how the, if you feel a different sensation in your body when you're creating, as opposed to when you are sexually turned on.
1: Oh, this is such a great question. Um, because I feel that in my art, (laughs) 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 it's very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like when you are being open sexually with somebody that's a level of vulnerability and realness and rawness and just your subconscious just put out there and with my art that's like I feel even safer because nobody's there to see me perform while I'm making (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's like something between you know like inspiration and me um and it's almost like it sounds so strange but like the inspiration witnessing me just like a lover witnessing uh, you and you can cry and feel things with the lover I feel bad if I cry (laughs) you know really Mm -hmm. after because I'm like oh no they think that it was bad or something Mm -hmm. like I'm like no my there's just so much emotion in that like I feel the whole range at the same time the the excitement and the rawness and the vulnerability and the sadness and the loss and the gaining. And it's uh, all at, all at once. Um, and then I, and then I fear that I'm too much sometimes mm. with partner, but with the artwork, the artwork doesn't like, yeah, bring it. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It's just Like the canvas is there and I like, can be angry and feel everything. And it's in those moments where I think I was feeling the most, um, that I brought it to the canvas, and I remember sharing some of the artwork in digital spaces. That the women, um, women saw those pieces, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And then they created their own offshoots of inspired artwork from that. And I was like, "Man!" And then my one friend said, um, "I prefer you to make crappy artwork and feel great <laughs> than to make amazing art." and you know feel shitty and i'm like it's not shitty it's feeling the it's feeling the depth of everything it's mm-hmm. feeling and being okay with feeling everything cuz i feel I'll, i feel i feel a lot of people um don't give themselves permission to feel that full range of emotion
0: you know i'm i'm glad that you brought up the the depth and the dark because the, the reason i say that is because i was just having a conversation two days ago, I think, and I was talking, we were talking about how really genius people always have this really heaviness about them, like people that are exceptional, you know, especially when their work is about art, like the people that really, you know, the Hemingways of the world and, you know, the Sarah- the Sylvia Plaths, like the people that have really dynamic work always have this really dark part of themselves. And, and I, I I can't help, but think that the reason that that is so is that nothing grows in the light. Nothing, Mm. nothing grows in the light. Like plants don't grow in the light. Like animals don't grow in the light. Like, you know, if anybody who's a parent knows that you're, you, you put your baby to bed and you wake up the next morning, you're like, what the hell? You're bigger than you were yesterday. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, so I think that it's... But we resist the dark. Yeah. We resist the dark great. way more than the light.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think... Because, um, right, we have night and day. You you grow in the nighttime, and you're rejuvenating yourself, and this, and then the sun is that food, um, and mm-hmm. it keeps you going. Um, and I think people are always looking for uh, that light. For me, I find that, like the light for me is those, those moments of connection within darkness. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what makes it human mm-hmm. to, to only have the light all the time. I'm like,
0: would be sunburn.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, let's have a real conversation, you know, yeah. like, let's, let's, let's talk about the whole spectrum of things. And I'm not just going to be the Debbie Downer of all like, oh, my life, you know, mm-hmm. but like, that's part of it. When somebody asks me, how are you? I'm like, I say, I'm, I feel, I feel complex. I feel the full spectrum of everything. Like mm-hmm. which, which angle do you want me to tell? You know, mm-hmm. which, which perspective do you want me to tell you? Cause they, they're all true. Yeah. You know, so I can't just show one. That's what performance is, right? Performance right? one. And this is performance art. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that it's so interesting though, because even though there is the full spectrum, especially people that believe, look, and I'm going to choose my words really carefully, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. but, but people that believe that they are on the path or doing the work yeah. have a tendency to only want to deal in the positive. Like, it's almost like this idea that that's what we think it means. That's what spirituality means. Like, it means never being impacted. It means never, you know, crying or never, like, actually feeling down. You know, it means never being around anybody that is not um, uplifting. I mean, that's fucking unrealistic. I don't know where that <laughs> world is because I've never been in it. Um, I mean, perception is everything, right? Perception is everything. And I mean, I have a tendency to, I don't ever view something as like, uh, I never think like, oh, this was a failure or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, but it doesn't mean that when something doesn't go, how the hell I want it to go.
1: (laughs) Right. Like I'm going to have a tantrum. I'm going
0: to feel upset and I'm going to, you know,
1: and then, you know, I go through those emotions. I don't just bury, bury it. Mm -hmm. No, I let myself feel that full range of emotion, go through it, make artwork, whatever I need to do. And then I'm like, okay, what's the lesson that is here? What is the experience? Mm -hmm. what's the gift in this shitty situation? Right. (laughs) And there's
0: (laughs) always a gift because shit is fertilizer.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, but it takes me a while. I mean, it's gotten quicker Mm -hmm. where I can now shift out of that and be like, oh, wow, this is an amazing gift that this is exactly what I've been meditating about that I wanted. I didn't think it would be delivered this way, mm-hmm. but I got what I wanted.
0: <laughs> you, you know, that now that brings, that makes me think about how often, and I know this is this is a, a, a present experience I'm living, is how how you have this idea of what you want to manifest, whether it is in your business or in your bank account or in your relationships or whatever, whatever it is that you want to manifest. And you're, you're so sure that you can handle the thing that you're asking for. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. so sure that like, you know, I know I can handle it because I want it. And when it doesn't show up, you either make up a story about how it must not have been for you or are you weren't in an alignment? Uh-huh. And even the alignment piece is accurate, but I don't think that we always are are accurate in the way we're portraying it or perceiving it. Because a lot of times the reason something doesn't show up is you're not fucking ready. That's a lot of the time. <laughs> right? And then and so then something shitty shows up instead when really that's prep work, you know? Because mm-hmm. you gotta get ready to get ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I really don't know. And I know that hasn't always been my experience either. <laughs> it's right. u- usually been like, oh, this, you know, if it was meant to be, it would be is, you know, you say like the little cliche shit. But the truth is, is that most of the time we are so not ready for the thing that we're asking for. And that's the only reason it doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. How, how do you deal with that? Look, cause I need mean, tips. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is the thing I, uh, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Um, I get, I get the download or I get the idea. I get right. The inspiration. Like I had this, this idea two years ago after I did my digital nomading and traveling and everything, I didn't have internet for a week. So I had lots of brain space and, um, the idea came through for an international exhibition I'm like I don't have I'm not making art. The last time I made art, I was making, you know, zines and you know, when I was little making installations in the house and stuff, but that's not. I'm a businesswoman. I don't have time to make art. And no, that was a very clear thing that came through and that's where singularity storytelling came through and all the art that I make now and using social media as, as an art platform as like a radically conscious self-expression. And a lot of people are like, why don't you share the real, like parts of your life on social media? I'm like, cause I'm using it as my canvas. Like mm-hmm. I use that in my journal and like talking to friends, but my social, like social media, I want to leave a really good digital story. So after I pass, like I leave really good, cool stuff behind that people mm-hmm. are like, what the, f- what was that? I'm like that's cool. Or, you know, they take something from it. Mm-hmm. That's my art form. Um, but when I, I got that clear download, I was like, I have no idea how this is going to happen. I knew that I wanted to have my own space. I wanted to settle in Chicago. I was going to make that happen. And then things started lining up and it wasn't easy at all. Um, And then I had to take on multiple jobs to make things happen. And, um, but I had this very clear, clear vision and I would always go back to that. And I talk about this with my clients of like their singularity story. What's the story that they want to go through, and what is it going to take for you to get there? Um, and it's going to be uncomfortable, and going to go in crying, kicking, and screaming, and like taking on another—you know—taking on um, part-time work to make things happen. While I was, you know, doing international talks and workshops and built up this legacy brand for myself as a travel blogger, to then starting over mm. it was like starting from zero. <laughs> to reinvent everything um and i think what it really was more of that internal conversation and i i have regular conversations with my inner critic whose name is igor and uh igor is like the kiss ass uh assistant of dr frankenstein he's always <laughs> afraid of everything mm-hmm. and so he'd come up when i'd be in this panic mode uh about like yeah look at you you're not you're not legitimate, you're, you have this part-time job, or you have multiple part-time jobs, and you're not really who you say you are, and da-da-da. I'm like, no, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I know I've been at this since 2008. I know my shit. Okay, Igor, what do you need? What can I do to comfort you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and taking out these tools, and having that conversation again with you, because it comes up a lot. Yeah, and I just want I to got, kick him I out. Got Penelope.
0: Yeah. yeah you
1: got okay. Penelope, you know, yep. and uh, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, but that's a part of me. And mm-hmm. if I, right, I'm always talking about all these aspects of yourself and there's this whole group of characters inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning to have conversations with those characters to self soothe mm-hmm. um, has been really, really good. Um, and always just holding on like, as soon as I narrowed down this exhibition, um, and this is how I did even with traveling the world and and having a blog, um, that was the only download I had. Travel the world and help people. All these opportunities started coming in my way because I had this filter on of like, here's a TESOL thing. Here's an opportunity to teach in China. Here's this other thing. And then the exhibition um, opportunity came to have an exhibition in Prague. And I was like, yep, this is, it, I, it wasn't me. Something else was like, yep, this is the thing. Like, what the, how do I, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. And, um, then I said, no, everything's aligned right now. I have to do this. This is for me. Um, and that's when I, you know, got a support network of other artists, uh, therapists, um, started doing a lot of inner work and trusting myself too, that I could make it happen, losing everything and in, in on that journey and yes. then having to like rebuild from that when I was already in the building stages mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and going through again, the dark that, cause I have uh, anxiety, OCD, depression, um, knowing that uh, and this is something that was talked about in a lot of leadership circles. Where do those leaders go for help? And like, I needed to have that support, especially when I lost everything last fall, uh, where I wouldn't do something that would harm myself. So having that, those tools and practicing them, like the discipline of that, because the other thing that kept me going was these other people and my business are keeping me alive. They have expectations from me that I have to deliver. So no matter what situation it was, and I think this helped because as a digital nomad and a travel blogger, sometimes I have Wi-Fi, sometimes I wouldn't, but I had to deliver the thing on time. That's a very important value for me and integrity. Drives me crazy sometimes and I burned out a lot. But <laughs> I was like, I want to help this person. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get their thing on time. And if I'm out of alignment or I'm out of integrity. I'll communicate it to the best of my ability because I forget I'm human.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. There's
1: <laughs> but, that. There's that. There's <laughs> that. Uh, but I think for me, holding on to this vision and creating a story from this vision and telling myself the story again and again um, helped me decide what I say yes to, what I say no to, um, and things to just make things happen. To, to have, like, I still am in disbelief that there was an international exhibition two years later from the download.
0: It was amazing.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. And then another exhibition coming back from, from Prague to Chicago, like what is life? Right.
0: Surprising is <laughs> what it is.
1: <laughs> you know? So, you know, getting that's, that's, I'm, I feel super, I never, I never forget Um, how lucky how lucky I really really am and I I so want and this is why I do the work I do I was like I want everyone to see this too and I know it sucks and I know it's painful and I know it's but I want to show them that it matters that their work matters and um from me doing my work and modeling modeling and I hope that that's that comes across
0: it really does like I'm (laughs) so inspired you know but Everything that I, I feel, everything that you're saying, because so many parts of the well, mostly just the losing everything part. I re- I resonate with really strongly right now. Yes. <laughs> we're in um, the middle of it. Oh, God. oh, my goodness. It just seems like like even though you can see the light, it seems like as you move toward it, it keeps moving away from you. But, you know, um, as you were talking, though and I don't, I I'd thought of it before, but I feel it differently now is having a business is so much like having falling in love. I, and that's why I am single. <laughs> yeah. It's so much. It's like the it's, same experience, the highs, <laughs> the lows, it's like getting sucker punched every fucking day. Cause you don't know how your business or your lover is going to be if they uh-huh. have time for you, or if they don't, if their attention is on something else, like, It's the same, it's the same (laughs) shit. And that's
1: what it, that's what it was. This download for Singularity Storytelling in Germany was like, okay, this is your life. It's almost like a marriage. Yes. I'm like, I am married to you now. And there are days I wouldn't
0: get a divorce. Right. (laughs) A lot of days where you're just like, you know what? I need some time away from you.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) And then, you know, and then things happen and then they like kind of flourish or things kind of break away mm-hmm. and then things, you know, uh, they, they, um, they grow or they don't. And then also I grow and I don't, and I realize things that I'm like, oh, okay, this is a good thing for me. And this, mm-hmm. and then it kind of becomes like this next level in the relationship and how we communicate differently and maybe we need to bring an extra person
0: in <laughs> right <laughs> <Just> to- <laughs> look, look and we talk about it though. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because I was having like I have I I really am very polycurious
2: huh. Uh-huh. And
0: the reason is because I personally, just like in business, I think that it is really unrealistic and unfair to burden one person with all of your needs. And so even if you are doing a DIY business, it's really unfair to you to burden yourself with all of the needs of your business.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: and sometimes, of course, you know, there are times when you're in a relationship and maybe there isn't a third person or a fourth person, or maybe there's nobody else to, maybe you're not, you happen to be in a monogamous place in the relationship, even if that's not necessarily the design. Mm -hmm. But one of the things, but again, because they so are the same, the ego won't let a third person be involved. Like I've heard, and again, there are people that are perfectly happy in a monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. just as there are people who are perfectly happy wearing all of the hats in their business. So, if that's you, this doesn't apply to you. But for everyone else, <laughs> for everyone else, like the ego doesn't even want you to sometimes play with the idea of bringing another person in because it makes it, it if you can't do all of the stuff then does that mean you're inadequate? You're not enough? You know, um I worked for a woman once and she said to me after hiring me and after I was there for quite a while, she did not want me to speak to clients because she was afraid they would like me better than her. Oh no. But it's like, you, <laughs> what, you hired me to help you, you know, but it's the same thing in a relationship. Like, you know, like I've never, I had as a rule for me, whether the design is polyamory or not, which mm-hmm. I haven't officially had a polyamorous relationship. So I should say that, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I do not have strict rules around fidelity,
2: mm-hmm. not
0: sexual fidelity anyways, because sexual and emotional are two different things. Mm-hmm. But I don't have rules around sexual fidelity. You know, if you if you see someone that you're interested in, you mm-hmm. know, take care of you. That's my I don't want don't come back giving me play by play. I'm not I don't want to know, <laughs> you know, but take care of yourself. But a lot of people can't even entertain that concept because not because they don't want, they're afraid that if they can't meet all of their, their partner's needs, then that means that there's something wrong with them. Whereas I personally feel like if I love you and mm-hmm. your pleasure is important to me, mm-hmm. then does it matter if I'm the one giving you the pleasure?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Your pleasure is important to me. Yeah. And I like to cook, but I'm not going to get mad if you eat out sometimes is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, don't come back giving me note cards from the chef. I don't want, you know what I'm saying? But if you enjoyed the meal, excellent. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you feel about that? Look, like, am I just it's, way out? No, no, like, <laughs> no. It's it's,
1: uh, it's very interesting because I've had I've had monogamous and not necessarily... Um, I had a really, a, a close friend that I we just had this discussion about this, about polyamory. And, um, I think I've always been polyamorous where I, I love everybody. You <laughs> you
0: know, I love, I you think know, I might be more non-monogamous than polyamorous, though. <laughs> but go on.
1: But I like, I, I love people and I fall in love with, with people and, um, for me, we were, we were talking about that distinction between polysexual and polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And it's a very rare combination for me to have somebody that I love that I also am sexual with. Like mm-hmm. it, it takes, like it, there's there's a feeling, there's this there's this knowing, there's this safe. And like, and actually, you know, going out on dates, it's like, you know, you talk to your girlfriends and then mm-hmm. like, they have everything I want. They have everything on the checklist, and this, but I'm not feeling it with them like sexually. And then I feel horrible because I'm like, you're such a great person. And then I friend zone them, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, I got to have
0: that, that feel, that mm-hmm. feel though. <laughs> oh, well, now I'd I love to, now I got to dig in a little bit. Uh-huh. To the yeah, not, yeah, please. The not feeling it part. Please, please do. Have, have you found any correlation with the level of sexual attraction you have? Think about the people that you've had sexual attractions for, especially the strong ones. Yes. Yes. Were they Were they wound mates? (laughs) (laughs) Right, because that's my experience. It's
1: yes, yes. It is yes. And you know what? The ones that are like the safe ones, the ones that are like the nurturing and the care. You know, those are the ones that I'm like, nah right. (laughs) It's it's not a feel. But there's there was one actually that they're kind of half. They were like half and half. Mm -hmm. They were half. Wound mate, but also dear, dear friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and but do you think the
0: the wound is the like? And I'm still feeling my way through this. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognized it in myself. Like, you know, I really want to be so attracted, and then the people that I'm the most attracted to have fucked up qualities that are not good for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so now I'm really apprehensive about my own sexual attraction. Mm. Um, because now I'm so aware that my wound is very convincing, Uh, you know? And so because of that, like now I don't use my sexual attraction as a gauge Mm -hmm. for whether somebody is worth my time or not. I I thought that that's what I should be doing because it's Uh like what my body should be turned on, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know like I think that it's in the, the people that feel safe on the surface mm-hmm. are not really safe because you the wound people are not safe for you. Mm-hmm. They're familiar and so there's a safety in that. So the people that don't that and, and and again this is my experience the people that that would be nothing like I would pick, right? They they don't look how the look. They don't have the same physical attributes that I find very attractive. (laughs) Those people though are, are the, are the people that aren't safe because Mm -hmm. those people would grow me. Whereas the people that I found that I have the most sexual attraction for are familiar and they, they can disappoint me in the way that I, in, that my body knows mm-hmm. that my heart is familiar with. And those are really the, the unsafe people, but they show up on the safety list because they can pass the metal detector. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. It's very, yes. It's, it's very interesting. Cause uh, there's one, one partner that is completely. Not my type at all. He had very great taste. He dressed very nice though, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) which is great. And the conversation was, was very good and very, um, open and and mature. Um, it was very surprised that I was attracted to, to him. And it ended up being not necessarily, I don't know if it was a wound, wound, uh, uh, partner or not. But it was kind of a come and go mm-hmm. and then disappear. And then, you know, kind of thing of just...
0: So inconsistent.
1: Inconsistent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was completely different from what I mm-hmm. regularly like. Um, and it's interesting because I was talking to another really good friend and she said, oh, you're off of this train and now you're on this train now because you're getting, <laughs> you know... And I'm like, maybe I am because mm-hmm. I had like this tall, skinny, nerdy white guy thing going on mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while. And now it's like the, the, the bearded kind of huskier, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know, the testosterone's a bit more there kind of mm-hmm. thing going on, um, which is definitely very different. And I didn't feel safe with that before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I was well, two. now you're different yes yes yeah. uh um and i think there isn't any any partner whether they were wound or not uh that i necessarily regretted there's always yeah there was always something like i gained so much from mm-hmm. being with them yeah. um in whatever capacity it was um and some people are like how could you like that was terrible what they did to mm-hmm. you and da-da-da. and i'm like that grew me and right. that got me like deeper than, than with anybody I've ever been with or that. And that was for me anyway, that was like super vulnerable and brave because mm-hmm. I've never, uh, that's like for years I just traveled solo. I had plenty of opportunity, mm-hmm. to have many wonderful foreign encounters, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, Due to my own stories and traumas and things, I, I didn't explore that. So when I did a lot of work on myself, I opened myself up
2: to mm-hmm.
1: that. Um, and that opened up a lot of old wounds. But it opened them up in a way that I think was still safe. Mm-hmm. At the end, it didn't turn out so great. But um, it had me realize a couple things like, Oh, wow, I didn't look at this further. I didn't see that this impacted my life this way or... You know, and also realizing wait, I can fall in love. hmm I can
0: trust someone. Um, and that was huge for me. Really huge. Okay. Let's have some intercourse now that we're talking okay. about it. Yes, okay. yes. So what's the most powerful sexual experience you've ever had? Like just a little description.
1: Ooh. This this I guess this I guess can comes back to the the right, you were saying it's like it's either top or, or, or top or bottom and that's the, the thing most people go for mm-hmm. tip or, clit or whatever. And, um, for me with, uh, my part, my one partner, uh, there was this moment of witnessing mm. of, of being. And I felt, I never felt so safe just intuitively. um, And then that safe feeling then led to all these things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then what I realized too, was I was open to receiving and also, um, uh,
0: receiving roughly Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. say that because that, because that is about, that's about feeling safe. That was totally about feeling safe. Which oh. is not what people who don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. They often, you know, they, they have visual images. Porn is not real. Like, that's a, <laughs> a disclaimer. Porn is not real. But, um, people often really mistake what, what it takes. Because mm-hmm. that's not the part that they really show. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In most um, pornographic, you know, they talk about it in books, in erotica, yes. they talk about it. Yes. But on porn, they don't really talk about it. So a lot of people really just think that it's about like being rough and slapping somebody around. But it mm-hmm. really is about saying like, I trust you enough to to believe and that you will know when to stop. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. you'll listen when I say the word or, you know, it, it mm-hmm. takes a high level of trust. Yeah. It's not and just about, you know, Mm-mm. yeah, and it's, that it's was bigger uh, and deeper than that.
1: Totally. And I think that that, that goes back to that sapiosexual part of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to, we need to be in the same brain space or we need to be like, we need to have awesome conversation. I remember having arguments about art, <laughs> <laughs> furious, angry arguments. <laughs> and we even have a, we even had, arguments about the definition of love Mm -hmm. anger and just like no and uh and the sex afterward amazing it's so great so great great. you know um full spectrum full full spectrum of i don't know maybe it's that 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 contrast i Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that
0: polarity i polarity
1: because i'm a polarity
0: girl yeah it's that
1: full spectrum i'm just like it can't just be one thing
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: and then you bring in some like. Uh, uh really fun clothes and and corsets mm-hmm. and thing and you know and you start playing around with different things and it gets like it becomes a performance. Right. <laughs>
0: and then you see parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed. This is discovering all those aspects, discovering, yes. you know,
1: all those different things. There's the 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 shy, you know, one there's the one that's like completely the fix in. Mm-hmm. There's all these different archetypes. Completely uh, And it's so fun to, um, uh, to accept again, Mm -hmm. accept all these different aspects of yourself. And there were moments too, when I realized saying, I would be crying and saying, Oh my God, that's an aspect of me. That's a pretty dark
0: aspect of me. (laughs) You
1: know, like, Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty harsh. And then having a partner that would say, no, it's okay. And witnessing
0: yes, just,
1: just being with that's amazing. And that's what I think, you know, the artwork, going back to the artwork again, the artwork is just the canvas. It's there Mm. to receive. And then you can go back and look at it and then just witness.
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess art is kind of like masturbation. (laughs) You know, it's all, it comes from the same chakra. (laughs) It does. It does. Okay. So. So aside from penetrative sex, uh-huh. What kind of sex do you find delicious? So interesting because I
1: had a very slow, sensual lover, and then I also had like a rabbit lover. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Look, we'll talk it's about like rabbit
1: a- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, whoa, wait, I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Then you get into it, and it's okay. But uh I, I, I still, I really, really liked just. I guess it's not it, it's submission it's complete surrender it's mm-hmm. complete um and they do whatever they want and it's not necessarily it's not rough yeah but yeah. it's like again the goo mm-hmm, you turn into mm-hmm. that goo and they like there's a little bit of the like tousling of hair
0: and, um, and letting someone else lead well letting and someone you else think that that is connected to the fact that you lead in your work <laughs> i was thinking about
1: i was joking i was like oh my god i'm that stereotype <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, see those powerful women mm-hmm. or anything and then in the bedroom they're completely submissive mm-hmm. and i was just like man i see those like really high power ceos mm-hmm. and you know that they're into like all the kinky stuff right
0: and that's like mm-hmm. like the story and it's so legit though because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there is something about um I think, you know, again, I don't know if everyone is able to embrace all of those aspects of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, and it is very challenging mm-hmm. to, to, to face those parts of yourself without judgment.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know what I mean? Cause once you open the door, you can't close the door back. Nope. <laughs> Which is the reason why some people's doors are broke are bolted you know they and that's the padlocked. thing with some
1: with some partners too i i realized like wait not everybody's into the same stuff no and like like um i really not everybody's into like uh dirty talk or anything mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. during you know um because i remember having one partner I'm like this is weird i feel mean I really mm-hmm. know? <laughs> and i'm like no no it's fine it's you know or it was with somebody it was a foreign lover, and then they'd start saying things. Like, oh my god! <laughs> like
0: you know, some Foreign lovers are quite delicious, though. <laughs> and there's a completely different aspect of dating someone American than someone it, who isn't. It t- mind-blowingly t- different. <laughs> can we go into this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, we can talk about all the things. You know, there's there are. I found with with and it's not just one country either Uh uh any place but here yeah 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 (laughs) that the there is there are even something as simple as love Mm. in America you can't go on two dates and then be talking about you love somebody without your friends being like what the fuck is wrong with you it's too soon (laughs) But people from other places do not have those limitations. And love doesn't, love is not like, you know, it takes, um, you know, 10 dates and, Mm -hmm. you know, two months as a couple, you know, like love doesn't have those. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like those are social conditionings. And a lot of times people do feel these things almost sometimes instantly, but they won't say anything because we've been conditioned to believe that it's not supposed to look like that. But a lot of people from other places do not have those limitations. Mm-hmm. And they also have less limitations sexually a lot of the time, too. So that's yes. not just my imagination.
1: Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. It's uh, very, yeah, very, very uh, similar. Um, and yeah, definitely the love thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is different. Or... The other experience is that they are um a more mature or older Yes. That they've gone through their own mm-hmm. stories and things and love and heart and heartbreak. Um and they've gone to the point where they're so comfortable with, mm-hmm. you know, I really I really like you. I want to be around you, and you know, I love you. You know? Now, and there's you, no
0: judgment you, or yeah. at all. Do you find that the people that you've experienced that are more liberal in the love department uh-huh. are from, are not from, are maybe from Europe, the European continent. Um, hmm. like I found that or they're I've, well, they're well-traveled. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're, they're well-traveled and they've experienced that a makes lot. a
0: difference. Yeah. The people that have have been to more than one place. Because because I have had people that they are foreign, mm-hmm. but their their travel is just from their country to this country. Mm. And so there's still some limitation. Whereas yes. someone that has seen different cultures and seen different things has definitely has less barriers.
1: Exactly. Because
0: they've literally broken the walls. <laughs> right? Like they've literally cr- the fourth wall or is it the fourth wall or the fifth wall in the, the fourth in wall, Acton, yeah the fourth uh-huh, wall you know uh-huh. they they've bypassed it as opposed to you know I mean because like I have I've traveled to uh, some Caribbean countries and mm-hmm. seen differences but like I've never been across the pond you know I've never been mm-hmm. to Europe yet so um I I would I can't say I'm well traveled I wouldn't say that because there' are continents that I've only seen on National Geographic but <laughs> <laughs>
1: But even just conversing with, with people from b- different backgrounds, like, I think even for me, if I just hung around other Romanians, mm-hmm. um, it would be, I'd have, I have so many limitations immediately. Like, why are you going out on a date if you're not getting married? Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, and are, you know, is their family, are they well off and da, da, da. And mm-hmm. is he going to protect you? And that kind of thing. Um, and I still like would meet Romanians and they're like, Oh, you're such a pretty, like the little grandma's like, you're so pretty, you're married, you have kids, I'm like, no, and they're like, well, you, you got to get married, you have to have mm-hmm. something, you know, and it's it's part of the culture, and I don't, I don't, I don't, um I don't throw it away, mm-hmm. it's still a part of me, but um I I do share that, like, mm-hmm. when people ask, you know, where are you from, like, from Romania, and, you know, this is how we do things, they're like, oh, well, you're in a rush then to get married, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm a business. I tell them like I'm Western enough, where I'm a businesswoman. That if you mess up with me emotionally, my business is also at stake. Right. so right. Like we, you need to know that you know it's it's a job.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's um, that's a real that's real talk because I mean, and it's true for people that have jobs too. They just don't mm-hmm. recognize it.
1: hmm mm-hmm. So it's like I need to, and it's not that I will close myself off from relationship. It's just. I need them to understand that it's um, like my time. I do very, I'm very intentional with, with my time and I expect them to also be intentional with their time and, mm-hmm. and present. And like they have their projects and things going on. And I have mine um, and like, we've got each other's backs kind Mm -hmm. of thing and that's Mm -hmm. that i guess that's the romanian in me being like you are loyal to your family and you build you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that kind of thing um those roots which is has been not necessarily difficult but communicating that to people of different cultures on dates without me because i'm still like in america they'll say oh you're american you -hmm. know and in romania the same thing but here they're like oh you're romanian but in romanian like you're american mm. so it's this very um in between space that i mm-hmm. sit in so i have to know do i bring out the romanian now do i bring up do, do, do you say i'm romanian american i i do i bring that up because then they ask you know family and things like that and uh then i tell them they're like oh your story and they're like oh geez you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like political refugee and this this but then it feels like a show, you know, rather mm-hmm. than a, um, like, you're trying to get to know me. But I guess that's the performance artist that always comes out on a date, too, sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, and it's interesting because, I, w- again, um, everything you say leads into some conversation I just recently had. Go figure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just having the conversation with someone about the difference between, like, I can tell within a few minutes if someone finds me interesting as opposed to if they're interested.
1: Very, very great distinction.
0: Yeah. And very different. If I, if you just find me interesting, there's not much for us to talk about. Exactly. Because um, I'm not interested in being um, fetish, fetishized on any level, even mm-hmm. if it's just about my brain being beautiful to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's not the same thing as being interested in me.
1: That's exactly. Cause then I'm like, wait, is this a networking thing or a date? Because right. like, my job is to teach people to be interesting. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and to grab their attention, captivate attention and be present. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my, yeah, having that distinction of, Oh, I know this one's interested. Yeah. But sometimes I can't figure that out a little bit because it kind of goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel that of like, Oh, they're seeing me as interesting or they're kind of. Like, well, oh. you know, I,
0: I gauge it so much by the kinds of questions that are asked and, uh-huh. and the way that their body responds
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: and, and how engaging they are. Because when someone is just finding me interesting, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're hearing me, but they're not listening to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So something can easily distract. Like sometimes people are looking at you. But if you look at their eyes, they they're, they keep getting distracted and they keep looking, like, you <laughs> yeah. know. Whereas when someone is interested, the background noise is quieted mm-hmm. because they only can hear you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Because they're paying attention or whatever. But when someone is just finding you interesting, their attention is can be very easily diverted. Yeah, you can feel that. Yeah, and the body doesn't can't lie. Even if someone's <laughs> mouth is telling you, oh no, no, Isabel, I think that you're wonderful, blah, 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 Like their body language will tell you and your body language will respond. So even if like I have found, here's a great example. Um, I once went out with someone and I kept crossing my arms over my chest and I was telling myself the story. Oh my God, Stacey, it's safe to keep your heart open. It's safe to keep your heart open. That's what my ego was saying. But what my body was saying was, this person isn't safe for your heart. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: it took me a couple of months to realize what my body knew in the first 30 seconds of meeting this person. (laughs) Now you're having me think a date recently that I have. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I think it's kind of like, and I remember having, because love and jobs go together. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I remember once considering this job and I, I wanted to work from home. And this was when I was still doing health insurance and life insurance. I wanted to work from home. And this company was offering me the potential to work from home. And I remember writing down the pros and cons and seeing like the money and the benefits and, you know, all this stuff. How much am I going to save in gas and time and travel if I work from home and all of this stuff? And I ultimately accepted the position. And on the first day, before I walked in the fucking building, I said, oh, I made a mistake. Because what I was really doing was trying to talk myself into it.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: wasn't weighing the pros and cons. My ego was trying to convince me to do it. So now I'm really, because when something is for you, there is hardly any deliberation at all.
1: That's the the download I was telling you. You, yep. have a, you have that feeling and that clear vision. And Completely. it's like... Whatever you got to do to make it ha- it'll happen yep. whenever it's meant to be. For me, it was two years. For traveling the world and helping people, it was seven years.
0: Right? <laughs> but, it, but it was clear. It mm-hmm. was clear. And I think we often have those moments. And if we're not careful, I know my ego is slick as hell. Because, I, I mean, I, th- I was sure that I was just trying to make sure. That's what I thought.
2: Mm-hmm. And I didn't
0: even get in the building. In the parking lot. Ten feet from the door, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is a mm. mistake." Mm. And I worked there for ten days and was miserable for ten days. Mm. And it took for the universe to bail me out in the form of a car accident that that totaled my car out. And that's how wow. I got. Out of that <laughs> I mean, I was okay. I didn't get um, hurt, you know. But um, but it got so, you out, Yeah. So. so it was. It, it could have been worse. Could have been months or years or something. It was only ten days, but um. Had I been more present in my body, because again, your body can't lie to you. Your mind is, um, on a whole nother trip, you know, but if I had been really present in my body, I would have made a different choice. Mm -hmm. So I think like, it's not easy because it's very, especially when you are, when something's pressing, you know? If there's any level of desperation about anything, whether it's money or feeling desperate because you want somebody to like you or you want someone to love you or whatever it is, like if there's any of that, it's so easy for your ego to slip into the driver's seat. You don't even know, you know, you don't even know you've now, you're now in the back of the car, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's getting ready to lock you in the trunk. Like you don't even realize that it's driving (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> until you've gone far down the road and you're now, you are like, what the fuck? How did I get here? <laughs> when your body was like, I tried to tell you. Mm, yes. Cause it always, it always, always tells you everything. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't, and, and I that's don't know I why I still like the... don't listen all the time.
1: <laughs> no, I think there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Cause I think the ego right. The ego is always trying to keep us safe, mm-hmm. always trying to keep us safe and knows like, Okay, this is how we need to survive. Mm-hmm. And without without the ego, we probably wouldn't have. You know, maybe at that time it wasn't it wasn't the right time. We need right. we wanted to force the time. Um, I'm good at for that, that opportunity, too. but it was it was still some kind of experience or or lesson to learn in some point. I remember actually. Oh, that this brings up a good thing. I remember as with my partner I was at their place and uh I took a shower and I got out of the bathroom and all of a sudden I just felt like crying and just like I need to leave them and I was just like no nah, what what is this I'm like no just you know put yourself together they made me breakfast you know and yeah, take care and everything all the, all the things and he's like you have to break up with them and uh then they said well you know we have this trip planned and we have to get our tickets and then uh, and um I was just like look at you earlier in the bathroom going to break up with this person. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's interesting cuz a month later there was a big like mm-hmm. where it, it didn't work out and um we had a conversation after and they're like you felt it too and I was like you felt it too? <laughs> like <laughs> And it sucked because we both cared about each other. Yeah. But there was that intuitive, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this had its time. Yes.
0: And I, I'm glad that you said that because I think so often, again, social conditioning, mm-hmm. we have this idea that in order for a relationship to be successful, it has to never end. And that's not true. That a successful relationship doesn't mean it, it goes on forever. Sometimes they do end. Well, I won't even say that. They change. Yeah. You know, because they don't have to end. And again, I was having a conversation recently about like, you know, I'm um, listening to someone talk about a breakup and using language like abandon. And I was like, well, if, if the, if your partner had stayed in your life based on where you are right now and all the things that are currently going on for you, if you had still been with that person, do you think what's going on for you would be happening now? And the response was no. So then my question became, so did they abandon you or liberate you? And then it's like, oh, you know what I mean? (laughs) So because it doesn't just be, and, and sometimes the end can be, so terrible. Like Mm -hmm. it can be so terrible, but it doesn't mean that it is not, if it showed up, it's in your best interest period without exception. But best interest does not mean bows and neat wrapping paper. Sometimes it looked like a tattered old brown paper bag with oil stains on it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Sometimes this is as gift wrapped as it's going to (laughs) be. But it doesn't mean it's not a gift because it comes in shabby packaging. That's that's it. That's look, I done got some really shitty wrapped gifts this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's it. And just like I think that you bring it up that it is a gift. It and, is. and And I think that kind of went back to your question earlier of how do you stay how do you increase your capacity for the dark? Or how do you yeah. how do you continue on with your vision? with your story, um, with your partner, (laughs) whatever it may be. Uh, when you had a shitty present handed to you and, um, it's, it's yeah. Seeing it as a gift and seeing it, seeing all the good that is coming. Like asking one of my mentors would say, this is like, what is the good in this? What is the good in this? What are we, what am I not seeing that is so good in this? You
0: know, and, and you might not see it that day. It might no. Not, it, you're not going to see it that day. <laughs> it might even take a couple of months, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Because just because even knowing in advance that if it's showing up it's a gift, it doesn't it doesn't relieve you of the responsibility of processing the emotion. Exactly. Like you have to. If you don't this it's shitty, this up. shitty gift will come back again in a different, <laughs> in a different raggedy <laughs> wrapping paper. Like <laughs> it
1: will, and if you don't sit with it all and just like, I remember some people because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't making as much artwork. I wasn't posting as much, and they're like, "Are you okay? Everything fine?" And I would get messages from friends that I haven't heard from in a long time, like, "You haven't, I haven't seen you in a while." I'm like, "I'm still making stuff. I'm just cocooning. Okay, right? It's <laughs> just like I'm processing my stuff. You want to sit with me and process?" All of my shit, all right, if you want to,
0: but it's not your responsibility. This is mine. Yes. And mm. the cocoon is required. Mm-hmm. The cocoon what? is required. It is not optional. It it's is required.
1: The, I found out last year, that I didn't know this, that when a butterfly goes into the, the cocoon, cocoon, that it makes becomes soup. It becomes soup. It turns <laughs> into goo. Yes. <laughs> Going back to the goo. I think there's something there of like, I so love being in that goo yeah. and I have to feel safe. And even to make artwork, like even when I wasn't in the most safe circumstances or I was in the most stable circumstances, my art was still a refuge for me to feel like I am a little bit in a cocoon. Yeah. Sometimes like I I have glimpses of that cocoon so that I don't go off the deep end. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, and I think that. You know, we, as women, we get that every month. We get a cocoon period. And guess what? Most of the time, we opt out of the fucking cocoon. You know what I'm saying? We opt out.
1: This is the week before this interview. Right, was all cocoon time, we, but we, sitting with everything. And then the yes. first day was just this yep. of emotion. Yep, And I'm just like, and all my lady friends know this. I was like, I'm on my moon time, ladies. And like, I got you. It's fine. It's like, I'm going to just feel everything. And this is what's going on. And they're like, we got you. You tell this to men though.
0: And they're like, (laughs) you got the crazies now. You
1: got the crazies (laughs) against you. You're being illogical. I'm like, I know. Can I just be illogical for a day?
0: (laughs) It's important. It's important because it, it really represents a time for you to let go, you know, and, and as women, a lot of us are so good. Like we will, we will let go. Like there's no tomorrow if the moon is full, mm-hmm. but not when our moon is full. <laughs> you know what I'm and saying? And that's a cycle, though. Like with
1: everything in life, yep. right? You hold on to the vision, then you let it go. Yep. You hold on to it again, and you let it go. And it's like even money;
0: it comes yep. and it goes. And it goes. It, it's not here to stay. Um, I'm my next tattoo is going to say, um, "This will change." Mm-hmm. because i need to be reminded all the time and it doesn't matter if it's good or if it's not great
2: mm-hmm. and
0: i don't want to use the language bad cuz i don't think it exists but you know whether it's whether it's welcome or or not so much it still mm-hmm. is going to change
1: yeah and that's like yeah sex in just one position isn't
0: <laughs> right <laughs> nobody wants that well uh-huh. there are people, there, that there, people that. there are people that do yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, had, that's I not liked... necessarily my preference.
1: I had partners like that, and that was fine. It was still, it was still its own flavor of, yep. of things. But um, yeah. It was but great. you
0: know, I like that dynamic polarity. Yep. <laughs> and and it's like anything. Like you could eat the same thing every single day, mm-hmm. day in and day out, and there are animals that do that. But most humans, we have like our tongue is designed to to taste different flavors on purpose. Yes. Our nose is designed to smell different scents on purpose. Mm -hmm. Our we're designed to experience different sensations on purpose. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: That's why I'm just like that's why I feel so rich. Just Mm -hmm. with senses, with you know being like just oh
0: my God, I'm alive. Yes. Feeling things like (laughs) cheese. But you know it's interesting as humans, we're at the top of the fucking food, ch- food chain, but we are slow to the punch. I was j- yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon, my sister and I were cooking and I was, I had had a fresh corn cob and I was peeling the layers off the, you know, the green off of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, nature is so fucking smart. All of these layers are on here because it doesn't want the corn to get fucking sunburned. And I can't remember to wear a hat. you know what i'm saying like we are we are smart but dumb you know like we're so smart that we 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 still don't get it we don't get the simplicity and it's all around us i was looking at i went to um a, a state fair not too long ago and there was they had like a farm area and there was this stalk of brussels sprouts and the leaves are so big that you can't see the sprouts because the plant knows i need to keep this crop from burning and we can't remember sunglasses. It's just the thing, (laughs) right? Like we have to learn the hard way. I I can't tell you how many times just this summer and we're not even finished (laughs) that my forehead has been sunburned because I (laughs) forgot to put on sunblock or I forgot to wear a hat or an umbrella or whatever. Even though it's happened a bazillion times, it doesn't feel good. It looks ridiculous. And then I'm looking like a leopard for a couple of days you know, because, all because I can't remember to do the thing that would protect me. And we do that with our heart. We do it on our business. We do it in our relationships. You know, we, we, it's like this constant, we have to learn several lessons. I don't know if I'm going to get the sunburn lesson in this lifetime. I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> but I think with the, with the, is,
1: um, is you bring up a good point? It's, I have my, like, like my my smart my smartwatch Uh and it's been helpful. Right. I talk about singularity storytelling and like optimizing yourself as a human. Um, but I think first you have to be very mindful. Yeah. First, before you add that layer of technology and like, cause the stuff you put on the internet is there for forever. And it's your like legacy. Yeah. And now we all have the privilege of leaving. Like if not, if not everybody's going to have a New York times bestselling
0: autobiography or Mm -hmm. biography, Mm -hmm. Everybody on the planet is going to have a digital biography. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I, I, you had said something earlier about people asking you, why don't you share more of your regular life? And I I love that you talked about that because I'm very selective about what I share on social media about my personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm willing to be vulnerable. I am not willing to be intimate on the internet, period. Exactly. And if I, and if I'm in the middle of something that I haven't processed to completion, I'm not putting it on the internet. I'm more likely to share a little bit. I'm a lot, a lot more, uh, not all the way, but I'm a lot more intimate in my newsletter because it feels like a container, mm-hmm. but it is not on Instagram. It's not on Instagram. <laughs> no, because that's a stage. Yes. And I'm
1: not interested in doing that. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty out there. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm out there daily, but, um, there's my performance side and then there's the like, okay, there's just the intimate me Mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. And I, I try to share that with people that, um, because it's a lot of businesses and companies were playing with that where the internet used to be that space of intimacy and Mm you'd find your little cocoon of people and then companies came in and kind of swooped in and, and performed as, intimate individuals Mm -hmm. um and now i'm teaching that i'm teaching regular people the game Mm -hmm. (laughs) but in a way making it their creative practice of making Mm -hmm. it their like what are you doing you know like what is this painting that you're what is this performance that you're doing in a way that captures attention in a Mm -hmm. way that is a is a kind of refined expression of you if you were a performer because actors practice tons before they go on stage dancers practice sometimes they share their behind the scenes right Mm -hmm. um to get people invited to see like how their toes are all curled up like ballet dancers like Mm -hmm. all like deformed and the pain in that but most people like we were saying at the beginning um light doesn't feed them right like you know sharing the successes is great but i share i share my successes and then I only share those vulnerable things after, like you said, after I've gone through my processing. Because yeah. if I share people the day in, day out of like my bitching and moaning, <laughs> Right. And, like people don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear. And that's what my intimate circles are for. Right. What my my therapist is for, what, you know, um, mentors and close friends, mm-hmm. you know, are for. And even having like a discussion like this on the podcast is still in a way perform. I'm not going to bill all of exactly. my exactly things on here, mm-hmm. but I will give things that are still relevant to my own journey. What I have learned, mm-hmm. um, vulnerable things. I can still show vulnerable things based on my audience and the people that I I've talked to that. I think them knowing a few different things, like things that I've revealed on this podcast, uh, they'll be like, Oh, you know, but I, I see this podcast and this discussion as an, open venue to having safe conversation mm-hmm. and mindful conversation around sexuality, which is a part of the human and experience. And it's part of
0: everything. Like someone asked <laughs> me recently, like, you know, Stacey, you know, so many things about so many things. Why is your work about, you know, sensuality and sexuality?
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: said, well, how is it different? <laughs> because, Life is sexually transmitted. So the fact that we pretend to have conversations that are not about sex when sex is happening all around us, birds and the bees are doing it. The flowers and the trees are doing it. <laughs> humans are fucking doing it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the reason that life continues and the reason that we are here and able to even have these conversations is because everything on the planet is fucking. <laughs> Right, like we have to, and and again, like we we talked about business and we talked about sex and we talked about relationships,, yep. all of them are the same kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. it's just you do it in a different way, you know, but it's no different than the fact that ice and steam mm-hmm. and rain and Your ocean water. exactly
1: <laughs> yep, and I think this I don't know if it's a feminine perspective, but. <laughs> Is there the conversation that I have, you know, with, with all my women and so I think women leaders and having women discuss this and how it's important, um, as an important aspect of yourself to say like, Hey, there was, I don't remember who it was that they were talking about it. Like, no, it's important for me to get my sexy time. Yeah. Like once a day, that's my need. And Mm -hmm. I know that about myself. Um, and the self-awareness to have that like that. I think this podcast is also bringing in the opportunity for introspection and self-awareness Yeah, um, where people, I still am surprised maybe it's because we're in this space all the time. Right. We're always introspecting Yeah, and doing this work and, and being around these kinds of people. But then you have regular conversations with people and I'm like, nobody's ever asked me that or right. I've never had this opportunity to express myself. And I'm like, what? Oh, I forget I'm in this world, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> easy best, to forget. Yeah. Where all my best friends are therapists, psychologists, coaches, personal development individuals, or you where know. people
0: care not just about how you're doing on the surface, but they really wanna know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, if someone asks you, like, how is your heart? They really wanna know because they know that you being able to share that is important to your well being. And they're not looking for you to just say, fine.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And it's the, the being seen, being witnessed that I think is, uh, what's missing currently in, in business environments and, and that, and we're still, still, you know, trying to figure out what that landscape looks like, where you can still earn a living, but still be mindful. And it's this, you know, I think, I think that there are some really great models that are coming through Around this, like you mentioned, like even the um, relationship
0: models that are mm-hmm. around now are also shifting and and, and changing, people huh? are talking about the things that people were afraid to even like nobody wanted you to know
2: mm-hmm. because
0: everyone would think it was strange or it was really hushed you know, where people knew, but nobody said it. Like they wrecked, they they observed it, but they didn't say anything, Mm -hmm. you know? And now people are being really, getting really comfortable, like saying like, this is who I am. And because my relationship looks different than yours, doesn't mean that my relationship is less stable or less valid or less important than your relationship. It just means it looks different. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great, uh, that's a great place to put a period. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to ask you one last question for mm-hmm. aftercare. What's mm-hmm. what's your favorite way to be taken care of post-sex?
1: Love being held. Me too. Yeah, just just being held, not and not even really saying much, but mm-hmm. just being held and being again the safe thing is the whole kind of thread. Yeah of it all and that
0: takes a really special someone. <laughs> Look. Uh, probably the audience is mostly women, but if you if you know a guy.
1: <laughs> oh, my lady friends like, "Well, I met this lovely man for you." <laughs> this is great. I know that I know that like you said, divine timing and when there's space, I also write you have to create that space for yeah. somebody um that it happens when it happens and that's and it's totally always fine it's
0: you know it's really uh cliche but it's always least expected
1: it truly is though mm-hmm. really and then it's like you do all this prep work and manifesting work and everything and you're just like this is the list this is yep. it and then you find somebody and you're like
0: where did what? you come from? Yeah.
1: Like what part of are you from? Hello, yes. friend. Hello. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, this was so delicious. Um, I just love everything about your way. You know what? One more thing before you know, I am always so surprised at how tall you are. <laughs> 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 Is it my photos? My photos that came out that- yeah, well, you know, I think I think and maybe it's because in my mind, I always thought you were like super small. Everybody, I don't know that. why, but I when always they meet thought. Me,
1: when they meet me in real life, they're like, "We thought you were a hobbit.
0: Like you're really, I, really? tall." Yes, I <laughs> always, every time, I always think like, I don't know why, where I got it in my mind, but in my head, you were no taller than like five two. I don't <laughs> I, know where I got that from, and every time I see a full body photo of you, I'm like, I forget she's not short. <laughs> and you know, it's very
1: interesting because I'm doing some inner work on this and of like. I know I have the, uh, thing of like, I want to shrink myself mm-hmm. to not sit with the, the bigness because mm-hmm. I never want to make anybody feel small because I always felt like that. Mm-hmm. And I know what that does to people, but I've learned like you, you're not in charge of other people's At emotions. All. Yeah. But that's a really, that's one of my lessons of like, I, I still, there's still that inner person, in me. like there's the DIY punk zinester. She can still, you know, she's still in there, even though she works with couture, luxury, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. stuff, but there's still like the political refugee immigrant yeah. that, you know, grew up with, grew up in the, in Chicago with all of her Latino African American friends. Like that is, that's really who I am. Mm, right? <laughs> like, cause I hang out, I'll hang out with only, only American white people, mm-hmm. and they're like, there's this side of you that's <laughs>
0: look she's got some seasoning.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and i know, like again, the perform part of me, mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, I can't I can't only be around there's this whole spectrum, like you said. So yeah. I like being the big tall and I like the inner mean.
0: They're all complex. Yeah, there's space for all of you. All of the parts. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I love you, sister.
1: Mm, thank you for the work you do.
0: <laughs> the Sensuality Project is produced, edited, and hosted by me. Music by BinSound.com. The Sensuality Project podcast is a production of stacyherrera.com.